morning, Celebration Church. Today, I'd like to introduce a short three-part series that we are calling Legacy. Every year during the season of Advent, we come together at our church to make a big difference in the lives of others. I've said this before, life is short. How fast did the last 20 years go? Just like that. And you only get so many. Our goal in life isn't just to gather things in this world that won't last, but to do something that will live beyond ourselves, to leave a legacy. So over the next three weeks, we will share messages that will show you just how to do that. And then on the second Sunday in December, we will have our annual Advent offering that we are calling this year Legacy. This is an offering that I'm asking all of us to participate with, above and beyond your regular giving. Okay, that we're going to use to accelerate the vision of reaching those who don't know Jesus. Last year, with your generosity, we were able to share the good news of Jesus with over 8,000 people with Christmas outreaches in Myanmar and the Adamant Islands with hundreds of prison inmates right here in the United States. This is just some of what your generosity with this offering has accomplished. And this year, we are looking to leave an even greater legacy in Jesus' name. Now we have five weeks until this offering, so I'm going to ask you to prepare to give what you're able to give on that day. One of the amazing things about being a large church like ours with three campuses and thousands joining with us from all around the world online, Facebook, is that we're able to do something greater than we can do just by ourselves. This morning, I'm happy to introduce our beloved pastor, Bob Gustafson, who I've asked to give the first message in our Legacy series. He has a huge passion for our church and a huge passion for what we do with missions. He just returned from a missions trip uh, from Myanmar, and I'm sure he'll have some great stories to share about the eternal impact that we're making there. So let's give Pastor Bob Gustafson a big Celebration Church welcome here today. Well, good morning, Celebration Church. If we could all stand up at all of our campuses, let's all join together. Let's say this, this is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's all say this together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, welcome to all of our campuses in Stevens Point, Appleton, here in Green Bay, everyone joining us online, it is great to be with you today. As Pastor Mark mentioned, we are starting a brand new series this morning that will last for three weeks that we are calling Legacy. And today, uh, I will focus in on one of those lanes that we identify here, and that's what we call international missions. And I just got back from a mission trip with 17 of us from Celebration Church, from Myanmar. Uh, we support an incredible orphanage there, ministry, church. They're doing some incredible things in transforming that nation. Uh, we represented you guys really well. So you can be proud of what we did while we were there because you guys were all a part of it. We've got a little video we want to show you to highlight what a mission trip is like and what our week was like in Myanmar. Let's take a look. Standing in 
incredible trip. Uh, let me let you know that your sacrifice, your generosity, your consistency is making an eternal difference. And that's really the idea of this series of leaving a legacy, leaving something that's going to live beyond your life, what you see right here and right now.
Uh, our team of 17 people, uh, we'll tell some stories here in a little while, but we had a construction team, we had a medical team, we had a team where we have a lot of fun with the kids all week long. It was incredible. Uh, there was a boy's life that we saved with our medical team, uh, with our construction team. We painted the girls' dorms, we painted their dining hall, we built a water tower so they'd have clean water to drink. The list goes on and on and on. I could just talk about all those things, but we don't have enough time today. But we want to encourage you to leave a legacy with your life, to do something that makes a difference throughout all of eternity. Uh, the key section of scripture that we have that we're focusing in on comes out of Psalm 112. And it really sets up this series on legacy. And let me encourage you, just dive into that whole chapter this week. So if you're taking notes or if you can send yourself a text message or an email, take note of Psalm 112 because the entire chapter is just really powerful. Gives you some insight into how you can live a life that no matter what's going on around you, that you can be unshaken in the middle of all of it. And so to kind of dial it in with just a couple verses, I want to look at verses 5 and 6 out of Psalm chapter 112. Let's take a look at it. It says this, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. This is the idea of legacy. Living in a way where your life lives beyond yourself. And the Bible, whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament, has no problem mentioning men and women that live this kind of a life. And you can still read about their stories today. And we're encouraged by them thousands of years later. And we can do the same thing with our lives. Psalm 112 gives us this idea that you can live a life that isn't shaken. Anyone got some problems in their life that feels like the world's shaking around you? The world's got all kinds of shaking happening. Sometimes that shaking gets really close and personal in your life. Sometimes that shaking hits really close to home. I'm aware of some people in our church that are going through some shaking right now in their life that if you knew of what was going on, you wouldn't understand how is it that they make it through the shaking that's happening in their lives. And yet, the scripture gives us this claim that we can live a certain way, that if we do that, we would be unshaken in the middle of the world going crazy around us. I kind of take a look at what we do with missions and even look at this orphanage, and you think, all of these orphans, they don't have a mom, they don't have a dad, they don't have any money. They're, they're surrounded by poverty. Every opportunity has been taken away from them. And yet, this is a group of people, I promise you, they live this way like we find here in Psalm 112. And they're living a life that's unshaken in the middle of a world that is shaking all around them. So let's take a look at that verse again. Psalm 122, verse 5. It says, good comes to those who are generous and lend freely. In other words, give to something that lives beyond your life. And here when I say give, I'm not just talking about your money, but it includes your money. This is your time. This is your energy. This is your talents, your skills, your life, your prayer, your ideas. You've got something to offer the world. The different spaces of your life, you've got an opportunity to make an eternal difference. And the key is to give away your life in a way where it's not all consumed right here in this world, but it makes a difference throughout eternity. These are things that will be with us in heaven someday. 
And then in verse 5, it goes on and it says this, not only am I going to give my life away, but it says this, and he conducts his affairs with justice. So not only am I going to give it away, but I'm going to live my life in a way where it shows up in heaven someday, where my life will outlive me. And trust me, this is how you take care of your problems. Doing this, there's no promises that the problems will go away. Jesus said, in this world, we're going to have some trouble. We'll pray into those spaces. And man, sometimes God does incredible things in our lives. But the real key to overcoming our problems in this world isn't just to get rid of them, but it's to have something in your life that's bigger than your problems. And the problems of this world, sometimes we're so focused in on them. We're focused in on that bank account, or maybe it's the lack of it. We're focused in on that relationship that we're having struggles with. We're focused in on our health or some of the big global problems that are going on. Maybe at Halloween you were all paranoid about, you know, needles in your candy or whatever it is. There's problems in this world, right? And we can be so focused in on the problems of this world that we're not focused on something that's larger than that. And that's what we're called to do. In fact, it's what you were designed to do. You were designed to make a difference in eternity. All the other stuff in life, the good things, sometimes those things are the distractions as well. And God gives us all kinds of blessings in our life that he wants to pour into your life, and we've got a lot of them. I know some of them, like maybe it's your favorite TV shows, like catching up on those reruns of Gilligan's Island. Man, blessings in our life, right? TV shows, vacations, your home, good food. Man, I love great food. Living here in America, but trust me, those are just God's extra blessings in our lives. But sometimes we get distracted by those things and we're so focused in on that. You know, we live in the great state of Wisconsin and there's 49 other states in the United States of America and those other states, I promise you, have no idea what a supper club is. Only, you know you're from Wisconsin when, you know, those different posts on Facebook. We know what supper clubs are. And in a great supper club, what do they have before the meal? What do they bring out to the table? Relish tray. We got a winner. Give her $100. They bring out the relish trays, right? And on the relish tray, you've got radishes and pickles and olives and cheese and veggies and dip. You've got maybe some liver pate. You've got these different things on your relish tray. I remember uh, growing up, we'd go to my grandma's house in Racine, and uh, before Thanksgiving and before Christmas meal, they'd bring out all the relish trays, and all of us kids just laughed at the word, you know. The relish trays were coming out, and if you try to fill up on relish trays, you're going to get yourself sick, and it's never going to satisfy, and believe me, I've tried. <laughs> I'd put black olives on my fingers and do that thing and just eat black olives. You'll never get satisfied off of those extra blessings in our life. And yet a lot of times we try. That's the stuff we try to fill up on. But you were designed for the fish fry on Friday night. You were designed for the prime rib. You were designed for the main course. You were designed to make a difference. And that's where you're finally getting fulfilled in your life when you're focused in on making a difference in eternity with your life. And your life is really made up of two parts. The first part of your life is what you're seeing right here in this earth. And it goes by quick, as Pastor Mark was saying. How fast did that past 10 years go by? My son Dylan is 11 years old, and it feels like he was born yesterday. Life goes by quick. Life on earth here is short. But the second part of your life is eternity. And that's where the majority of your life by far is going to be spent, is in eternity. 
And one day we are all going to stand before God. And we'll give an account of our lives. It talks about that in Romans chapter 14, verses 10 through 12. And what's kind of interesting is they kind of dial it in with this idea of how we treat other people. So take a look at it. Romans 14, verse 10. It says, you then, why do you judge your brother and sister? In other words, why are you so worried about how everyone else is living their life? You need to be more worried about you. It says, or maybe it's the opposite problem. Why do you treat them with contempt? The idea of contempt is why do you treat people like they're without worth? Why do you treat people like they're without dignity, like they don't matter in the world? And it says, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. So we will all give an account of our lives here on earth to God. It is written, the Bible now quotes itself, it says, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So it's important that on that day, when we give an account of ourselves to God, that you've given your life to him. God sent his son Jesus that in the middle of your messed up life, in the middle of your sin, he sends his son. And he loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus that if, if you would give your life to the one who gave his life for you, that's the good news. That you don't have to be perfect. That you don't have to have it all together. That all you got to do is just give your life to the one who gave it to you. That you would experience God in throughout eternity. So what's going to be asked on that day? What's the account that we're going to give to God? What's, what's, I call it the two-part test. And I don't know about you, but I was terrible at taking tests. Any bad test takers out there? I mean, I remember in college, I was the guy raising the bell curve for everybody else, you know, because I was way down here. So all you guys that got good grades, I was part of the, the helping you guys out. And my wife told me, it was probably about my junior year, way too late, she told me that a lot of the professors actually put their old tests in the library, and all the students pass them around, and you can actually see what is on the test. What's the question that's going to be asked on the test? It's my wife. She got straight A's. She's a genius. Me, not so much. But what's going to be asked on that day? I want to let you know this morning, what are the two questions that is going to show up on the test? What's the account that we're going to give to God? And the, it's two judgments. A lot of Christians don't realize this, but there's two judgments. And here's the first one. The first question is going to go something like this. What did you do with my son, Jesus? All sin needs to be paid for. And the worst thing that could happen is to not take the free gift that God gives to you. All sin is going to be paid for. The free gift that God gave is his son, Jesus Christ, and he was crucified for your sin. He paid for it, and the worst thing that you could do is pay for something that's already been paid for. He conquered sin on that day, and if you would give your life to the one who gave it to you, you could experience eternity with God. So what have you done with Jesus is the first question. In uh, theology, they call this the great white throne judgment. It's found in the book of Revelation. It's the last chapter in the Bible. Verse 20, uh, or chapter 20, it says this. <clears throat> then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. I saw the dead, great and small. In other words, everybody is going to experience this. And books were opened. Notice it's plural, books. And the idea of what's in this, these books, we're going to read here in just a moment, what's inside these books is all your sin. All the stuff you've ever done. That's a frightening thought, isn't it? Some of us, we got all kinds of books. Some of us got libraries to store those books, don't we? 
especially at our Point campus. They got libraries for all their multiple sins. But some of us, we got, we, we got a lot of sin, and it's a scary thought. It's written in those books. But look at this next verse. Look what it says next. It says, but there was another book, and it was opened, which is the book of life. That's where you want your name written. It says, the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. That's where you don't want your name. See, Jesus takes all that stuff that was written in that big stack of books, and when you give your life to him, he erases all of those things from those books, and then he records your name in what's called the Lamb's Book of Life. That none of those other books count anymore. It only matters what Jesus did. This is all about grace. It's all about Jesus. This is the first question, the first judgment. And it's a grace judgment. You can't earn it. You can't buy your way into heaven. You can't be good enough. You can't do enough church things. You just got to give your life to the one who gave it to you. So your answer should go something like this. Jesus, you gave your life to me, and I gave it back to you. So maybe you're here today, and you've never given your life to Jesus. Today could be that day that you give your life to the one who gave it for you. Now, the second judgment, the second question on that test, it's a different question. And, and it really has nothing to do with grace. It actually has everything to do with works, which is kind of confusing for Christians because Christians, we hear about grace and you can't earn your way into heaven. You can't be good enough. You can't try hard enough. You can't do it. It's all about grace. And then we see these verses where you hear about works and it's confusing. You walk into church. What do we do with that? Well, that's the, it's the second judgment. And here it's found, it's called the judgment seat of Christ. It's found in 2 Corinthians. It's in other places, but here it is in chapter 5, verse 10. It says, for we all must, this is all Christians, this is going to be asked of those who have given their life to God. It says, all Christians will appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for the things while done in the body, whether good or bad. And this question, this one's not about grace. This is about what did you do with your life? The second question is going to go something like this. What did you do with what I gave you? It says it this way in Matthew chapter 16. It says, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and he will reward each person for what they've done. God is a God that wants to bless you. God wants to bless you here in this life, and God wants to actually bless you in eternity. God's actually bringing rewards with him, it says in other places in the Bible, that he's coming and he wants to reward you for the life that you live. So don't be confused. You are saved by grace it's not something that you can do any work for. You can simply receive the free gift that's been given by Jesus, but your life matters, and your life matters for heaven and what you experience throughout all of eternity. So how do you want to answer that second question? The answer is something like this. I gave my life away. I lived my life in a way where it wasn't all about my life, but it was about living in a way where I gave it away so that people would know God. Before you find Jesus, I promise you, your whole life is about finding him. If you're here today and you've not found Jesus, that's what your life is all about. You're never going to be satisfied until you find Jesus. But once you find Jesus, your entire life is about making a difference so that people can find him. That's what your life is all about, making a difference throughout all of eternity. And we're doing that at Celebration Church, and we probably can't share enough of the stories of the difference that you guys are making. 
You know, uh, it, what we do in Myanmar, it's incredible what we do with international missions. I tell you what, it's a huge return on your investment. And there's a legacy being left because of what you guys have done. Maybe you won't ever get an opportunity to go on a trip, but maybe your opportunity is to go on a trip and experience it firsthand. But I want to share just a short list of some of the things that have been done since we've connected in with international missions. And then I'll share particularly two stories that I think were pretty impactful. So in Myanmar, we've partnered with them since 1995. In fact, in the first service, the, uh, the person that founded what was uh, the church here, Bayside, and now is Celebration Church, he was part of that group in 1995, and he said, man, I never thought of my life as a, as a legacy, this thing that I've left and to see all that's been done, but it's a legacy, what's been done, and you guys have been a part of that, and so I want to brag on you just a little bit. We partnered uh, with Love Children Home, it's an orphanage in Myanmar back in 1995. It started with 20 orphans in a house, bamboo house built on stilts in the middle of a mud field. And today it's home to over 100 orphans. And they've got a Bible college that's got over 60 students. There's a picture of all of us there on our last day. And it's now a network of, of 13 orphanages that reaches 600 kids throughout that nation. What you're doing is making a big big difference throughout all of eternity. Here's just a short list of some of the things that have been accomplished just in the past couple years. We've built a medical clinic. We've brought two different medical teams. As I shared earlier, uh, there was about a 13-year-old boy that was there. He had an abscess on his ankle bigger than a golf ball. Our medical team said that there's a high likelihood that he would have died in three weeks or had his bone broken had they not been able to take care of it, and we were able to take care of the medical needs of that boy. We potentially saved a life even on this last trip. We saw over 100 patients while we were there. There's a widow's home just around the corner where there's women that they don't have a support network like we have in the United States. We were able to see all of those widows in the medical clinic. It was an amazing thing. We built a tennis court over there. Uh, a few years ago, we saw this piece of land, and we developed it into a tennis court, and that was money that came totally outside of Celebration Church. People in our own community caught the vision and gave money towards a tennis court, something that they have no idea is all about reaching people with the good news of Jesus. Part of the mission of this place is that the kids would have life and that they would have it abundantly. So not only do they get this abundant life where they get to meet Jesus Christ, but they get good food and, man, they even get to play tennis. That's how I finished every day on the mission trip, playing tennis. Uh, we built two houses uh, this past year for people that help uh, run and facilitate the adults and their families. We built these homes. While we were there, we had a construction team, and we were able to uh, build cabinets for those homes so that they have a place to store their food. Uh, we've helped them start micro-businesses. So they've got a loom house where they make blankets, and it provides income for people that are there and provides support so that they get not only outside support from us, but they can be self-funding in some ways. Uh, we helped build a water tower and fund it while we were there so that they have clean water to drink. We've helped provide them with good education. We've painted. We've built them a, a, a church, and they've got an incredible Christmas outreach that they do that will reach thousands. And this legacy offering that we've got on December 10th, that's just some of what we've been able to do with that offering is accelerate things like that where people are experiencing and encountering Jesus Christ. It's something that you guys are a part of. And as we close these two stories, and we could just go on for hours, but these two stories were pretty cool. Uh, this is a picture of Thomas, if you can put that up. Uh, Thomas was one of the original orphans back in 1995. 
he was one of those 20 kids that didn't have a mom and a dad that grew up in that bamboo house when we partnered with them. Thomas got a great education. He speaks great English. He's really smart. He's got a passion for God, and he started an orphanage that's now in our network where he's got more than 30 kids living there, and that's his wife that he met. She's also an orphan, and Thomas is making a huge difference in that nation because of something that we started back in 1995, and he's the fruit of what you guys have done. It's, a, it's awesome. Thomas, Thomas has one of those micro-businesses. He makes organic soy milk. And uh, the network of 600 kids gets soy milk every week in their diet. And it's because of the micro-business he has. And then they sell the soy milk and they're able to provide income for their orphanage and their ministry. Uh, the next story is of a girl named Laminta. Uh, this was one of the most impactful moments for all of us on this trip. And it was totally unexpected. It wasn't at the orphanage. Uh, on one day during our trip... We'll go out into the city, and we go to the market, and we go shopping and look for weird things to buy, like you do on a mission trip. And we go to the Buddhist temple, and it's the world's largest Buddhist, Buddhist temple. It's called the Shwedagon Pagoda. And we get to experience what it is that we're actually doing at Celebration Church when we connect with them, because there's so many that are seeking after something that's totally empty with Buddhism. And we get to see the emptiness that's a part of it when we take a tour of that temple. And then after that, we went down to the river. Yangon sits uh, really close to the ocean, and there's all these rivers that flow into it. And we went down to that river to take a boat ride from one side of the river to the next. And while we were there, if you can put up that picture again, we saw this little girl named, we found out her name was Laminta. And there's this kind of deck bridge that was going out to that boat with hundreds and hundreds of people packing onto this boat. And we saw this little girl sitting on the bridge with all the poor people begging and she was trying to sell these quail eggs. And you can see the sucker stuck in the middle of it. She followed us onto the boat because she saw this group of Americans. And as she followed us onto the boat, uh, she went up to us and somebody on the team bought one of those little eggs from her. And they're worth about five cents. Uh, and he paid a thousand jets. It's about 70 cents for one of those little quail eggs. And uh, and so she thought, man, she made it rich that day because she got paid 10 times what it was worth. And she was so excited to get that 1,000 jets, that 70 cents for her quail egg. And then I looked over at Abraham, the guy that's sitting next to her in the picture, and said, can I give her 5,000 jets? Or is that, like, I don't, is that too much money? Or is that okay? And he said, no, no, you can give her 5,000 jets. And so I handed her 5,000 jets, and she lit up. Man, this is a ton of money. She's sitting on almost $5 here. They're about $4 at this point. She's super excited, and we didn't even take any of her eggs. She's just all excited about this kindness that we're pouring into her life, and she's there with her little brother. And then another person on the team hands her 10,000 jets. Now she's sitting on about $14. And she's, man, she's, she's excited. And we hand her some candy. She's got a sucker, and her, her brother's got a sucker. And in that moment, what I didn't realize is that she was totally being open to hear about the good news of Jesus. And who did have eyes to see it was Abraham. This guy who grew up as an orphan and now is helping run Love Children Home, the orphanage we support, has eyes that see eternal things. And in that moment, he sat down with her and started learning her story. And he learned that her name was Laminta. 
He learned that she was 13 years old. We learned that her father had ran away from the military and is nowhere to be found, and their mom got thrown in prison because she was trying to sell illegal DVDs. So they live with their grandmother on the other side of the river, which we found out is the extremely poor part of that community. And every day they ride that boat back and forth, hoping that they can sell enough eggs to have something to eat. And we learned that about her because of the kindness and the love that we were showing to her. And Abraham taught us, you need to have eyes that see the eternal things. And he started sharing about Jesus with this little girl. And the look on her face, you can just tell she's soaking it all in. She's starting to understand, what is this Jesus that you're telling me about? And so I said, I wanted to give her a dollar bill. So I handed her a a U.S. dollar, and Abraham said, there's nothing she can do with this. You know, she can't trade it for jets. She'll have no idea what to do with this, so you you don't need to give this to her. I said, no, just give it to her and tell her she can keep it to always remember those group of Americans that were on the boat with her that day. And then, without even hesitation, Abraham flips it around. And he says, see right here where it says this? It says, in God we trust. All of these Americans, we're here to tell you about the one true God. And it's Jesus. And it's the only way to heaven. And he shared Jesus with her that day using whatever tool was in front of him. And it was just this eye-opening experience that, wow, the kindness that we share, it's all in Jesus' name. And we need to live that kind of a life and be inspired to leave a legacy that will last throughout all of eternity. As we close, two ways that you can be a legacy person here today is, number one, be an intentional giver. Give your life away. Whatever God's given you, be someone that is using what God's given you and give it away. Let me encourage you. Give a percentage to God. You know what percentage it is you need to live on. Take a look and say, what the percent, what's the percent of my income that I'm going to give away to help fund what God's doing in this world? And give out of what you have. Don't give out of what you don't have. Just give, give out of what you have. And number two, make a difference. Join a team. God's plan A for changing the world is the church. It's you and it's me. And join a team. There's people here that are making a difference around the world. Maybe it's going on a mission trip. We'll have an opportunity. Our next one is February 17th through the 24th. We've got three spots open for a trip we're taking to Haiti where we're building a freshwater well. Maybe you want to join up on that team and be part of bringing clean water in the name of Jesus and share the good news with some people. And you know what? Treat people with worth. Treat people with dignity. Treat people with respect and be kind. And when you do, think like Abraham. Be ready to share the good news of who Jesus is. Let's pray. Father God, we lift up this morning to you. God, we thank you for this uh, really incredible church. And Lord, we just uh, thank you for the legacy that we're leaving. This morning, even as we talk about that legacy lane of international missions, God, we've got a huge opportunity here at Celebration Church uh, to make a big difference. Lord, and I pray that we would be those kinds of people, Lord. And I, I just even pray into December 10th. Uh, when we have that one offering that time of year during Christmas, that season, uh, God, that you sent your son Jesus into this world. Uh, God, and you lived a life that was without sin. Jesus, you were crucified for our sin. You said that if we would give our life to you, that we could experience a new life. God, we pray for our missions partners around the world. We even pray for Laminta this morning, God, that she would just continue to be drawn closer and closer to you. Lord, we thank you for the legacy that's being left Uh, here with this Bible college, 
and uh, the people that are experiencing you in a powerful way. Lord, we, we're privileged to be a part of what you're doing here in this world. Bless those here this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.